This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we are talking with Silver Bluff Brewing Company. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. Joining us today, we have Jeff Coyle and Kevin Coyle, co-founders of Silver Bluff Brewing Company. I think we're going to call Kevin KC. Are you preferring KC? I think we have it. Either way, man. Okay. Either way. So we're going to talk about interesting things like Mexican lagers, brewing approachable beers with interesting ingredients like juniper berries and pine nuts, and we might get into plate tectonics. Guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Great to be here, man. We should call Kevin Dr. K. Dr. K. And we should call him that. It's like, you know, this is going to sound offensive. I probably shouldn't use this analogy, but you know those Dr. Peppers that aren't Dr. Pepper? Oh, yeah. Off-brands or also yeah. ran, yeah. Mr. T or something. Dr. It's like, we this guy him, isn't even a doctor. We'll call him Mr. Pib. That will, there, that'll yeah, work, right? No. That works. Sorry, guys. Sorry, we, we, we won't do that. I promise that, not to do that. Beer talk. Beer talk. Brewing yeah. talk. Georgia. We're bringing it home this week, Brian, to the home state. And uh, you actually visited Silver Bluff Brewing Company not long ago, didn't you, Brian? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, down in St. Simons Island uh, just before the New Year's Eve. I was there for New Year's, so hung out there, was looking around the island, enjoying the really nice, very nice weather, nice sun, and uh, made a trip over to Brunswick. You know what? I had their beer at a nice grill on the island, and it was the uh, one of the beers we're going to get into tonight with juniper berries. I'm like, this is really cool. I had to go over and check them out, made my way over to Brunswick, and they've got a really nice facility there. And I, as I do, I went directly to the bar, sat there the entire time and drank beer and obsessed over the menu and all that. And then, uh, of course, yeah, got their contact information. Say, Hey, let's have them on the show. The, the stuff I had, I really enjoyed. So I thought they're making good beer and, uh, they're uh, in, in a fun, exotic location that isn't very far away from us. So yeah, yeah. There you go. So there's there's Brian's review. That's an awesome spot. Yeah. Brian's yeah. review there. It's yeah. been a little while. So in 2018, Brian and I visited every brewery and brew pub in the state of Georgia. So we did the tour. We went around there, and it was um, Hop Soul Brewing. Hop we saw Hop Soul just yeah. before mm-hmm. they'd opened up, and then went to all the others. You know, Savannah, Brunswick, all up down there, and we dipped down. Was it St. Mary's? I think yeah, St. Mary's down for was the very brackish. Tip? I think down yeah, there? brackish. Yeah. 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 yeah, real Been nice folks there. It's uh the first half of the trip was easy because we just covered like Metro Atlanta, but mm-hmm. then it's like finding the time to go to the other four corners of the state was a little took a little more work. Yeah, and it's and even, we almost died. That's on right. The trip yeah, the tornado. Down there. We we yeah, tornadic tornado. activity on the way home. So. Yeah, that was a good time. It was a lot easier to do it then. There's even more breweries far afield in different remote corners of Georgia. It would right. be very difficult to do now. Now, guys, we had the blizzard of 2022 in Atlanta this week. You know, we got, it had to be, what, a quarter of an inch? Uh, if that. Uh, well, yeah. you know, if it, if it actually had accumulated, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like half an inch, maybe. It fell for quite a while. How cold does it get over your way? Are you, does the coastal help you? Do you avoid all that madness? Much avoided. I think uh, on Sunday it blew over a lawn chair, and that's about all we uh, had. Okay, okay. Yeah. See, it was it made for a chilly walk this morning. But other than that, it was pretty good. We don't get brisk, huh? Yeah, yeah. Brisk. I've lived in uh, Golden Isles uh, since 2008, and I think they've predicted snow once. 
Uh, predicted it once. It. Okay. And that didn't happen. Yeah. I take it then, huh? No, but all broke loose. Of know, course. The, the, the storefronts were, uh, the store shelves were empty. Everybody yeah. was crazy, batting down the hatches. And I think there might've been a flurry. Well, that was about mm-hmm. it. I think that, it, I think that the madness gets, has gotten worse because coupling it with COVID because I know before they would cancel, uh, they'd shut things down on that. But I went out like seven o'clock the night. I don't remember if it was the night of or after the blizzard, but my town was shut down. Gas stations were the only thing open. I mean, the Publix was closed. Kroger was closed. You know, the grocery stores, it's like the only ones braving it. The gas. So I didn't make it over to Walmart or Waffle House. The, the, those would have been the two telltales there. If Waffle, if Waffle House was closed, I would have went home and just locked all the doors. Yeah, at that point, just stay home and cry, give basically. Up. Just give up. Yeah, exactly. Did anybody in the area preemptively crash their cars when it predicted there would be snow? Because typically in Atlanta, <laughs> the minute there's bad weather, people immediately drive off the road. We had quite a, we had a, quite a few people uh, come in to stock up on lots of cases of beer. But other than there that, no, we, didn't, we didn't see too many crashes. <laughs> yeah, the only madness we get down here is hurricanes. So yeah. when you get the hurricane predictions, that's almost like you're uh, – uh, you know, your crazy blizzard, ice storm, connector, stoppage, yeah. that kind of stuff. You know? It seems like maybe it's the coastal mindset, but it seems like more folks are stubborn about hurricanes. Like they're like, we're just going to, like you said, we're going to stock up on beer and we're going to ride we're this gonna out. Ride it out. Well, especially in our case where we're, we're mostly protected, but just got hit two times in the last six years. So that figures, was, right. That's the way it goes. Yeah. It worked out, but no, it, it, it's been an interesting experience to, to see that happen and see how a lot or a little can happen. But when they prepare properly, you know, it's good for selling a lot of beer. That's, that's it. They're going to start predicting the weather. Oh, it's going to snow tonight. Better come stock up. <laughs> yeah, start up their own weather Marketing. channel. And every single Marketing. night it's going to be just disastrous. Weather. Terrible. Terrible. This is the worst case of 75 degrees you've ever seen. Right. You, you yes. only get stuck with only IPA in your fridge. You know? see, you exactly. Diversify. Diversify. Oh, that's it. You got to buy beekeepers. <laughs> oh, the beekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. See, perfect, man. You got it. You got to do it. You know, speaking of diversifying, Brian. Yes. I heard that the Peruvians like to diversify their beer a little bit with uh, some adjuncts. A fun little article that you found this week. So tell us about this uh, Peruvian beer. Yeah, so it's ancient Peruvians. They're not doing it so much okay, now, but right. they, the Wari Empire, W-A-R-I, and apparently they were they were growing their empire. They were expanding, and what they like to do is they, they were drinking chicha, you know, the, the chewed-up corn uh, beer that uh, is, was what was being made, and they were putting in little, uh, I guess they're little berries, like little they're basically what's sold a lot of places as pink peppercorns. Oh, no, sorry. That's the pepper beer that they did. They had two. That was their strong beer. Okay. They had these other seeds uh, that they were putting in the beer that were mildly hallucinogenic. And it was thought the archaeologists that found traces of this are thinking the reason they did this was that made them more... Uh, it made it easier for them to uh, persuade the people they were taking over uh, their territory that they should team up with them because basically you you get a, a sense of kind of a bond, a spiritual and connectedness bond when you're when you're tripping basically. So okay, they got these people drunk and tripping and uh, basically converted them over to their side as they grew their empire. So they speculate they haven't proven it that the uh, the compound plus the beer actually. The, the two worked together and were more than the sum of their parts. So okay. it was a big thing they did then. Uh, it died out with the Wari Empire. Apparently, everybody coming on after that, the Incas did not do that. I but, see. Uh, the cool thing is, is they were doing it with commoners. It wasn't just for the nobility. Uh, they were getting everybody drunk and high, basically. Because what I saw is those hallucinogenics at that time were a luxury of the wealthy upper class, right? 
Yeah. So to go into another tribe and and share with them was an even bigger deal because it's not something that they could uh, they could normally get. It wasn't easily gotten. You had to be wealthy enough to send off an expedition hundreds of miles to go harvest them from where they were growing. So it was definitely something that typically the the upper class would have at the time. But they were using it kind of uh, for egalitarian way, like okay. everybody, let's get everybody drunk and high. I don't know. Maybe they got too drunk and high to fight off the Incans when they came along and uh, got taken that over. I, I don't know what happened there, but uh, yeah, that's that was it. Jeff, have you ever guys ever considered hallucinogenics in your beers? <laughs> Not, not quite. Just put them um, out yeah, there that, like that. That, that, that is the, about as much of a, a literal peace pipe. I mean, put, throw it in the beer. Right. I mean, that, that's pretty amazing. I, I know that with the chicha, they're, you know, they're chewing up the uh, corn and spitting it into a bin. Yeah. Uh, to, to get those enzymes going. So. Uh, to have to then on top of that throw some drugs in there is pretty pretty bold, pretty bold move. Yeah, about as adventurous as we get is the uh, is the juniper berries in our holiday IPA there. See? Um, you know, we do have we, we have some things up our sleeve down the road if Jeff will let me do, but you know um, <laughs> But Jeff not hallucinogenic. So yeah. No, we're, we're we're typically making like really good examples of classic styles and okay. now there's a lot of ideas that come in it's you know we want to throw this into a in, into a beer but yeah with the the juniper berries was a really cool experimental one we thought it was going to be a little too aggressive to be something we distributed but then it just came out perfect we yeah and anyway if you have enough of our it's like we have a few beers that are higher gravity you have enough beekeepers which is an 8.3 percent double ipa we serve you'll you know, you, you basically will be seeing things anyway. So you won't need <laughs> right. To. You don't need the hood. You'll get, you you'll, don't get, need there. The you'll get there. Vilka no, seeds. Vilka okay. seeds. Vilka seeds. Yeah. Now, really, Casey, you sound like you're a little more open to getting a little crazier. Jeff, are you the one that reels it in here? Keeps it classic a little more? You know, I, I enjoy a lot of, a lot of the different types of beer, but I do tend to, uh, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm the abominable no man sometimes. Oh you know? gosh. You got to have one of those, man. You know what? That's our time for this segment. We're going to have to take a break. You're listening to the beer guys radio show, and we'll be back very soon with more from silver bluff brewing company. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. The best brewmasters are obsessed with creating a high-quality, consistent product. That means reducing mass viscosity for better wort separation and increasing brew house efficiency. Ultra Flow Max from Novozymes helps you achieve both. It is time to brew with enzymes. Increase your brew house efficiency and achieve faster filtration today with Ultra Flow Max from Novozymes. Order a free sample today at www.brewingwithenzymes.com slash beerguysradio. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram back off man i'm a scientist now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps 
Now let's get back to Silver Bluff Brewing Company. Silver Bluff Brewing Company. You know what, guys? I'm going to shout out our beers of the week really quick here, and then we'll dive into the conversation. We were chatting, having a good time in the first segment and didn't get to it. Thank you to The Nest for sponsoring the segment. Brian, do you know what's coming up next week at The Nest? I think you're going to tell me, Tim. I am going to tell you. It is their Chefs versus Brewers Reformation Beer Dinner, which we have attended before annual event. A really good time they have with it. They have a six courses. And on one, three of the courses, the brewer picks the beer pairing. And three of the courses, the chef picks the beer pairing. You go through the dinner, you pick your favorites, and they put a nice little trophy out there for the champion. That's so it's a, a great time. It is a good time. It's some a those, very good time. Yeah. Some of those pairings in the past are, I still think about, I still dream about. Yeah. Yes. So head to uh, check out the Nest Kennesaw Instagram, Facebook, any of their websites. It's going to have info to see their chefs versus brewers dinner. And that is always a good time. But our beers of the week, Brian, as always. A good list of beers to drink what? from today. We have a couple from Silver Bluff Brewing Company. We have their Piercing Point Juicy Pale Ale, which we drank in the first segment. Yes. Really nice, tasty beer. We've just poured their Holiday IPA with juniper berries. We also have a couple of others. I figured, Brian, the holiday theme, we've had these beers for a little bit. Want to get into them before. It's 80 degrees here in Atlanta again. But from our friends at Highland Brewing, we have their Cold Mountain Super Spice. So we're going to get into that. And uh, from Iron Hill Brewing. We have their Dystopias, which is an imperial stout that they have aged in Sam Adams' Utopias barrels. So that'll be a fun one to check out. But Silver Bluff Brewing Company, the Golden Isles, that just sounds nice. It sounds like a place you want to be, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and your name. So the, the KC, can you talk history here on the name of the brewery? Is, well, is, as far as the history goes, I'm going to turn that over to Jeff. All right. Yeah, certainly. So, uh, yeah, Silver Bluff is, we, we you know, Golden Isles are made up of St. Simons Island, Jekyll Island, uh, Little St. Simons, um, historic downtown Brunswick, um, and that area. And when we came and we were doing research of the area, it was about like, um, what can we do to tie all of these communities together? Um, with and, and also Sea Island, obviously. And we identified that Silver Bluff was the name of the location, the land, right before the last time all the plates moved. And there was, you know, major, uh, this was before people, this was before beer was even thought about, you know. Um, and the last time all the islands were together as one uh, was when it was part of the Silver Bluff land formation. And so we said, you know, we're going to bring the Golden Isles together with craft beer. That's, uh, and that's how we, that's that's how we cool. came together with Silver Bluff. Because, you know, the Golden Isles are, you know, it's, it's every possible type of person. It's every possible type of person coming to visit. You've got nature folks coming down you've got people coming down because they come down every year with their family to st simon's you've got people who go to sea island you've got you know brunswick is all different uh you know characteristics of of a place to be and historic downtown brunswick is a really special place um and we just wanted we just wanted to bring them all together over a beer see i always enjoy that we teased last week we had some uh geologists on the show primitive beer would join us And so we tease that we we're going to be talking plate tectonics there. So we so get the payoff this time. We've covered. And we actually are talking plate tectonics. We are yeah. exactly. All of our beer references go to um, uh, things that you might see on a map. So okay. piercing, point, piercing points a great example. It's a geological formation when two parts of a plate kind of interchange. So you you weren't even more even yeah. more so than I realized at the time. There, I'm going to look at a map for holiday IPA and see where I see that. That's, that's an exception. That's an yeah. exception. Oh, You'd find you it everywhere good moment. times are happening. That's right. Everywhere. Yeah. 
I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it slide because it's got juniper berries on it. So fair enough. Yeah, that's a good time. Who thought we'd get into Pangea on this show? You know, You know, on that note though, I've seen animations where they take like the continents that we have now and just kind of rotate them, and you can see. You, you may not think about it seeing the map the way it is, but they show you, hey, look, this is the way these would have fit together when it was Pangea. Sure. And, you know, mm-hmm. split and drifted apart. So fascinating. As a kid, I remember thinking like the South American Africa, they're like, it looks like they look interestingly like, like they could have been together. together. Like those, right. I wouldn't have picked a lot of the other stuff because some of it really twisted around, but yeah. those two look like they slid right together. I'm like, well, that's interesting. They, they got a little, get a, get a little creative with it because sometimes you, have, you know, coastlines eroded or changed or a little bit. Well, you get but, volcanoes and pushing more yeah. land up or stuff falling into the ocean, that sort of thing. So, yeah. So how did the brewery itself come to be? Now we, we know how the islands came to be, but the brewery itself, what's, what's the, uh, the background on getting that all together? So the background on that, Jeff and I both, uh, have been, had been homebrewing for years, dabbled in college. I lived in Ireland for five years. And when I got back, started homebrewing a lot more. And, um, you know, we uh, started getting very good reviews in homebrew competitions. People were, you know, asking for beer all the time. And uh, we were scoring quite well, both Jeff and I. So um, we decided that once we would get into a position professionally that we could uh, open a brewery, Jeff and I were going to open this brewery. Mm-hmm. But we really couldn't do it by ourselves. Um, at that time. So we really needed some partners, weren't looking, but um, needed some partners to get it going and had pushed it off. And I think we were thinking around 2022, 2023. And uh, back in, I believe it was 2017, a mutual friend of Jeff and I's and a mutual friend of Chris and Ali Moline, a married couple and our, the other two co-founders of Silver Bluff, they were thinking about opening a brewery also. And um, our uh, expertise and our little specialties all melded together where, you know, the things that Jeff and I aren't particularly good at, they're very good at. And uh, the things that, you know, from the, the uh, craft brewery, the, the brewing aspect and production side, Jeff and I were better at. So I'll give a shout out to Bubba West with uh, Sea Island Company who uh, put us together. And, um, and we met, actually, we talked on the phone a few times and we met, uh, the first time we met, we were looking at property. You know, Chris is a realtor. He's like, let's look at these properties in downtown Brunswick. So I said to Jeff, I said, let's challenge him. Let's see what we can do. So what did I do? I grabbed like my most complex beer I had and I brought it with me. And I said, let's just look at, take a look at their faces when they try it. So it was, um, actually we have it on tap right now, our um, Black Bank Stout, it's an American Stout, aggressive. Um, but this one was oak aged. I had aged it in a Hungarian oak barrel uh, for a while and it, it, and it was a pretty complex uh, beer. So I had a growler of it and I poured it for him and they both loved it. So in the back parking lot where we park our cars now, Chris and Allie tried that beer. We got together, we were talking and uh, really formed a good partnership at that point to get moving. So um, it took us a few years to get the ball rolling and uh, get everything built uh, in downtown, um, doing everything carefully calculated as we've done since we opened even in uh well we opened july 1st of uh 2020 right in the midst of, of COVID. perfect timing and, right yeah, Great absolutely timing. perfect honestly you look back and it was kind of a blessing you know we weren't uh we didn't have to be too aggressive we had contingency plans you know the golden isles fortunately was not hit as hard as other areas so we were able to open in a um a responsible manner and uh, the production demands weren't as high then so um Opened up with uh, plans of uh, getting our tap room going and uh, distributing some canned beer around uh, the local market. And uh, 
uh, over the past 18 months have uh, uh, grown in a controlled manner to uh, the Savannah market and uh, through some other parts of Southeast Georgia with the goal of uh, of uh, moving, expanding that further over the next year. Just keep stretching out there. Now, I I heard everything you said, but I'm going to tell you something that locked into my head when you said it. You mentioned something about hun- Hungarian oak. I, I wrote, I wrote <laughs> that down too. And that's not something yeah. that you don't hear Hungarian oak that often. Why Hungarian oak? What's the character there that you were going for? Because my brother bought me a Hungarian oak barrel. <laughs> okay, uh, there you go. Well, that'll do it then, I, right? My, my, my co-founder in my other business is a hun- Hungarian ah. uh, descent, so I'm, I okay. love it in Hungarian. But I, I did. I would want to say our co-founders really drove the FOMO, really, because you know after the law changed SB eighty five, yeah, you know it, it became a real thing that you could do this, right? Sure. Um, and, and we we probably wouldn't have done it had we not been pushed uh, to say, oh gosh, they're going to do that. We have to. We, we gotta go, right? Justin had already gone with Hop Soul. Hop Soul was open. Yeah. And Justin yep. was going, and we we're like, "Hey, wait a second. Gotcha. We were supposed to be first. See, <laughs> gotta get in. <laughs> I gotta get that on. FOMO it. is yeah. real, man. It is even yeah. on the brewery side. It is. Yeah. You are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Silver Bluff Brewing Company. Headed to the Battery in Atlanta? Be sure to check out the Terrapin Atlanta Brewery and Taproom. Whether the Braves are playing at home or on the road, the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom is always pouring all of our locally brewed Georgia beers like Executioner and High and Hazy, while also introducing small batch R&D beers created on our five-barrel pilot system right inside the Braves Stadium. And if you're looking for great food, we've got you covered with Fox Brothers Texas-style barbecue. Stop by and see us today at the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom at the Battery Atlanta. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. What in Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, 93.7 WBQO in Brunswick, Georgia. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WBQO every Sunday at, oh, you know what? I don't think I updated the time on that. It's Saturday at 2, isn't it? It is Saturday, it's Saturday at, two. at 2. New Update. time. That's right. New time. Saturday at 2. So now let's, let's get back to Silver Bluff Brewing Company. Silver Bluff Brewing Company. Guys, we want to talk about, and Jeff, this seems like this may, I want to see if there's any controversy here because we want to talk about your philosophy on brewing. Uh, we saw a comment that said no filler ingredients in your beers. Uh, you know, no filler ingredients there. And uh, do you either of you guys brew at the brewery now? Kevin. I do, but uh, we have a great team now that, okay. uh, yeah. you know, I, I did a lot more on our first year when we were um, getting started. But um, uh, now that we have uh, three full-time employees in the brew house, I really um, only have to help out. So okay. a lot of the recipe development, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. I get involved in. And a lot of the recipes are Jeff and I's old recipes that may have been modified or scaled up. But um, for the most part, we have uh, a great team with uh, Will Melvin, Director of Brew Ops, uh, Thomas Arvin, and Big Zach in the cellar. You know, we're good to go. 
got the crew, man. Put the solid yeah, crew yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. You're all set, right? Yeah, if I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of little quirks with brew houses, and uh, if someone said, "Hey, Kev, go brew on the on the the 15 barrel brew house," I'd be grabbing Thomas, going, "Hey, man, I, you know, need a little help with this here or there." The three and a half barrel pilot system that we have uh, is a little more manual. So um, I could pop right in there and brew. And um, when we did our, um, I think the last beer that I brewed, Thomas and I brewed together was the, uh, uh, we did a um, special uh, Pilsner, you know, pre-prohibition Pilsner for um, the Brunswick, uh, two, was it 250th anniversary? Yeah. I, yeah, there's a fancy name for that, but I can't quite remember. Um, but the Brunswick 250th anniversary, we, we did a pre-pro Pilsner. And um, I got my hands on that one just because it uh, was uh, a little bit special. Now, I would have liked to have been there yesterday. I was there the yesterday. Brunswick smelled <laughs> like the west safe. side of Dublin. We had we uh-huh. brewing the Irish stout. It just brings me back to when I lived in Dublin, that smell of that roasted barley and that Irish stout going in. Uh, I would have liked to have had my hands on that, but I had to, I had to work that other job. So. The but other I did job. get over there yeah. for lunch to smell it, and it was a beautiful thing. You know, yeah. you mentioned brewing the dry Irish stout, and I didn't even think that that kind of – you know, reminds me the time flies by. It is nearly dry or stout season, isn't it? Yeah. Before we know it, it yes, will it be. Is. We had to brew it, so it's ready for uh, Patty's day. Right. Yeah. I would argue that it's always time for a dry or stout. I'm always time. a fan. You know, speaking of that, it ties into a question I had. I noticed when I was there, you kind of have a, a nice gate on the front of it. Is that a little? Is that a little homage to the uh, the, the Guinness St. James Gate by any chance, or is that just kind of a? Con- just a coincidence that they happen to have little similarities. That is the one design element in that brew house that I can take credit for. <laughs> okay. There you go. So All the right. answer else, is yes. Okay. Yeah. Everything oh, else you oh, have oh, to give to the other, to Chris, Alley, Jeff, uh, fantastic. But uh, the big black gate is an, is an homage to uh, the big black gate at St. James. Yes. Yeah. That's for cool. sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris and Alia, uh, you know, they are, you know, like as Kevin mentioned, um, Chris is, background is in uh, real estate real he's a realtor um and ali is an event management um you know expert um so just designing the space to be perfect for you know you, you were in the tap room uh, but also events um private events special events your you know your office gathering or even a wedding or reception that was top priority and we've we've created enough um exciting spaces there that it, it worked out really, really well. It's a fun place, whether you're there with your kids or you're planning a reception, frankly. So, See, I, I, do, I, I do recall from being there, I looked outside. I didn't really go outside because I was stuck at the bar. They have a really nice beer garden, too. I, I can imagine there being a good Oktoberfest out there. Brian yeah, says stuck awesome. at the bar like I, he wasn't glued to the bar, yeah, so he had quick service I look, to I mean, beers. I looked out. I kind of... I was stuck I leaned at the over bar. and took a leak, uh, look at it. And took a leak into their took beer took a garden. look at it. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't do that at the bar. Yeah. So, yeah. Just point we, that got, we, we have really good cameras, and we have a few stories about that. Yes. Uh, about that that, I'll, that <laughs> oh, I won't share. You um, can't uh, prove anything. <laughs> I, I will for Oktoberfest, though. Uh, the, the, a funny quick anecdote on that one is we the first year, we didn't know how many people were going to show up for Oktoberfest. Kevin will chuckle on this one. So we bought um, only a couple hundred half-liter Steins. And they were gone in 45 minutes. And everybody yeah. was like, where's the Steins? Um, and it was uh, quite the experience. But year two, we uh, we corrected the number and then got a bunch of one liters for the diehards. And uh, it was wild. I mean, we had that entire street covered. Um, it was just an awesome experience. Our Oktoberfest, we had a, a traditional German band in the street. It was it was really striking. It was a 
home run for sure. Beer parties are the best. Now we were talking, uh, we were talking. I know it's a little bit off, but St. Patrick's Day coming up. We know that Savannah is just totally famous. Does that stretch down to the Golden Isles there? We actually had one of our largest events for St. Patty's Day last year. We did a a, a uh, well, we did a five k um, where. Um, uh, we had to chase the leprechaun. I was the leprechaun. Um, okay. Anyone, right. <laughs> anyone who beat me got a uh, six pack of golden ale, you know, pot of gold. Mm. And uh, one one lawyer beat me, and his wife almost got me. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we only had to give away one six pack, and then we had a beer mile afterwards. I think uh, you know people didn't really realize what they were you know what they were drinking with the beer mile. We had some uh, it hit some people pretty hard, but we had some really impressive feats in the beer mile. I think one guy ran ran the beer mile. So he chugged four beers and ran a mile in under eight minutes. That was pretty impressive. Eight-minute mile is impressive without the beer chugging, right? It's pretty good, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Wow. So, Casey, yeah, I take it you're a pretty serious runner if you're willing to put up a six-pack for anybody that can beat you in a 5K. Did you did you train extra hard before that so you didn't have to give away a lot of beer? You know, I, I, was, I, I didn't taper for it. I think I drank the night before. Okay. And uh, you know, I, I, and I plan on doing it again this year, so I'm going to dress up. Although the I, I wore the bushy red eyebrows and everything. I don't think they're going this year. I'll wear the top hat, but we're, okay. not, we're not doing the. You lose the aerodynamics the with those bushy eyebrows. <laughs> That's it, man. It slowed him down. So the key he to, wouldn't have had to give away any if he hadn't wore those high you know, eyebrows. No, the key is is you give everybody a beer right before the race. Like, hey, complimentary beer for entering. You're like, they'll be so foamy and whatnot. Yeah. They'll be, it'll and slow put them down. some of them Peruvian seeds in That's there. That's right. Too. Some of those vil- yes. Vilca seeds. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Everybody <laughs> will be, they'll have a great time. It'd they won't great. win, but they'll have a great time. But they time. won't care that they don't win a six. Exactly will right. Be the important they thing. will have won in a different way. Yeah. And you may be able to take over their house according to the stories that we heard here. Claim it for the worry. Worry Empire, yeah, yeah, brewery expansion. That's That's right. That's right. We've got our new tap room at this three bedroom (laughs) house, one one twenty three Main Street, right, guys. So uh, let's talk specifics of your beer here. We've drank a couple of them. Really enjoyed them, as I mentioned. uh, The Piercing Point Juicy Pale Ale. We got your holiday IPA here. You have four core beers. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, we have our Mexican Lager, which is our our primary. Um, and we have, we have five core beers, uh, effectively. We have the, the Mexican Lager, the IPA, um, Piercing Point Juicy Pale Ale, uh, which, you've, which you've had, Beekeeper Double IPA, and then we have Needle Rush Hefeweizen. Um, okay. And those are all the ones that we have in primary core. And then we have, um, we'll do seasonals and then special releases. The holiday IPA was a special release. Um, and then we'll have seasonals roll out. We have a, uh, a sour and a check pills coming out as our, ne- our next two seasonals. Not yet released. So that's your, that's your exclusive. Soon. Soon. Oh, Stay soon. Yeah. Now, are either of you responsible for the dissertation on Mexican lagers that's out there? Jeff, is that your handiwork there? Oh yeah, a little bit, uh, of, a little bit of passion for those. Is yeah. that right? Oh, absolutely, yeah, big time. I have a, uh, we both do. Kevin and I both have a passion of, of the everything from the darkest Vienna lager to the uh, yuckiest Clara adjunct okay. All right. thing, and, and 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 how everything in between. And, and Kevin will tell you a little bit about that story. But yeah, we we really wanted to do something that um, split the middle. Um, we thought that was that's the best. I think interpretation is right down the middle. Yeah, of, Jeff of and I toiled over that recipe and both brewed that recipe multiple times. Made very small adjustments. You know, a beer like that, just subtle changes in the grain bill are going to make a big difference. And uh, and uh, we finally got it down, and we were ready. Like that was the that was the beer we knew was going to be a home run. And um, 
and uh, the public supported that. And it is our number one seller, both um, in the tap, well, in the tap room and uh, and distributed. And our IPA uh, does quite well, and a juicy pale ale right behind it. Mm-hmm. But that uh, Mexican lager is uh, is the beer that we thought was going to really be the home run, and really has hit home down here as a great beach beer, a great yeah. beer for the Golden Isles. Mexican, we're going to talk more Mexican yeah. lager. We got to take a break, but I don't think we're done here yet. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be right back with more from Silver Bluff Brewing Company. Brian and Tim, the Beer Guys, if you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it truck and tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Football season is here, and holiday parties are right around the corner. The Nest Kennesaw has you covered for both. Their new covered patio is perfect for cheering on your team while enjoying some great craft beer and keeping a safe social distance. When you're ready to schedule your next party, the Nest can handle big and small requests on-site or off-site at their event venue. Whether you're planning a weekend with a few friends or a party for 100, visit thenestkennesaw.com and make your plans today. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram your revolution is over mr lebowski condolences the bums lost now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes now let's get back to silver bluff brewing company so as we mentioned when we went to break we're going to get into some hot mexican lager talk yes not hot Lager talk like last week's hot like beer glue, talk. Glue, uh, glue no lager. glue, glue lager. Glue lager. <laughs> yes, a hot pokers put it. Have you tried that hot pokers in the? Uh, oh, we're just gonna ignore him okay, and just keep moving along Sorry. here. Keep we're going. just gonna act like Continue. he. So uh, there is a guide, as we mentioned, we kind of teased it or, uh, on the previous segment. I believe it's called a guide to the misunderstood beer style of Mexican lagers. And Jeff, that is your passion project. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I, you know, I'm, my. I, I I love writing long form content about beer and talking about beer, all different styles and, and types. And, you know, with Mexican lager being our number one offering and something we are really passionate about, just making sure everybody knows the, the history behind it and also like what it means. Cause it's, it's not a traditional style. Um, right. So that, that's really important. Is that so the that common works. misconception is just what it is? Yeah, I think so. It's, it, you know, I think a lot of people, Connected to particular brands, you know, it's a light beer that doesn't it's a have Corona, a right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. exactly. Right. Okay, it's a um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And then what it doesn't do is explain all of the reasons why people call it Mexican lager, the history of Mexican lager, and you know, like that a lot of Mexican lagers that we call Mexican lagers aren't what they would consider to be sure. their right. core beer. Um, you know, traditionally, it's going to be. You know, German Austrian influenced Vienna lager style um, was going to be the core, and then they just kept lightening up over time uh, with adjuncts and things like that. And 
when we set out to build a Mexican lager, it was about what can we do that doesn't have any of the corners cut that kind of toes the line between, like kind of slices the middle between a Vienna and a Clara, which would be more like a Corona style um, that would have, you know, that same type of appeal. Um, and us being on the shore, it was it was a home run for us. So we, we made sure that we were kind of having not a light beer that had no backbone um, and had a lot of adjuncts, um, but it was still true to what well, you could define it as a Mexican auger. Yeah, we can get sneaky crafty with it. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's taking your average, you know, getting that Bud Light drinker to enjoy the craft beer and, mm-hmm. uh, and appreciate the fact that it has more body and has more flavor. You know, one thing about uh, Vienna malt is that it doesn't take much, but it really can. It's enough to grab those guys and not really be too much for your light lager, your average light lager drinker. So, you know, that beer is close to equal parts, two row Pilsner and Vienna malt. And just us really working on those percentages. And, and then uh, the way that the uh, Mexican lager yeast brings that little bit of a different flavor to the, um, to the finish on, a, mm-hmm. um, on the lager. And uh, it's a workhorse, too. I mean, we use it for most of the lagers in the brewery, the same yeast. But um, it, it just it brings that little bit of extra to, or that, like I said, that's that sneaky craftiness where, mm-hmm. you know, your craft beer lover who likes to try everything on the menu, you know, Brian brings the guy who only drinks Bud Light to the brewery and um, you can sneak in that, you can sneak in that Mexican lager on him. He's like, you know what? I kind of like this. And, um, and the craft beer lover is going to like it as well and appreciate what we're doing with it. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was cool when we, 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 we had the Vienna, we actually made a Vienna lager um, as a seasonal in the fall and we had it up against the Vienna and it was that was such a great one too, and a lot of people were like, "Wow, you, you finally made that!" And now we're thinking, "Hey, do we make a Clara? That might be our next another seasonal that we make to just show the range of kind of that that style of beer." Um, Get it done all- by Cinco de Mayo and do them all as a flight. There you go. Like just yeah. go right through it there. Yes, That's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> see. Yes. Be um, good time. And now yeah. make sure you have a spot on that uh, that flight board for your limes. I'm I'm going to ask this. I'm sure I know the answer to it already. Do you have limes there for people drinking this beer? We're, we're allowed to now. Oh, are you? Okay. So yes. you do. Okay. We are allowed to. Um, uh, as of 2021, 20, prior to that, we wouldn't have been a- allowed to. Um, but we are. It's an option. Uh, you are allowed to have those in in a production tap room. Now he says allowed to, but I, he didn't this really answer if he lost. actually has it there. <laughs> it's your choice, but no, you can have one if you request. Oh, okay. All there right. Cause I remember See, reading, uh, when I was looking through that, your ear were very strongly uh, opposed to the, the limes. I, I thought and we're, and, you know, we're self-proclaimed beer geek, but we're not beer snobs. Okay. <laughs> I feel you know, that. Yeah, sure. I know, get Jeff, it. Jeff was just talking about the respect he had for PBR and all their medals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, repeatability with a style like that, it's hard to do. So with us, if someone wants a lime in their beer because that's what they enjoy, I'm not a beer snob about it. You know, we're just beer geeks. I can geek out about it all day. I mean, when I when I order that beer, I will consciously say no fruit, you know, but I'm not going to I'm not, I'm not going to uh, force that on anyone. And and also when if someone wants to talk Mexican lager, also there's a lot of amazing beer coming out of Mexico that isn't from the major conglomerates. And, you know, I love to talk about those things too, because even like a, even a Bohemian who is part of a big conglomerate now, they have six beers in their range and nobody gets to taste those unless you're in Mexico. But there's a lot of microbrews that we just don't get. It's just like Canada, getting sure. Canadian beers yeah. here. It, Canadian microbrews, getting them here is impossible. Who's the Toronto um, one? Is it Bellwoods? Does that sound right? The to- oh, Toronto yeah. Brewery? Yeah. And they do some great stuff. They I do. Also. 
Yeah. So we, we're always talking about that. Like, why isn't there more um, my, uh, Mexican micro? Because there's some amazing breweries there and you can't get them unless you visit. I'm good friends with the um, one of the founders of Brewsters in Canada, um, which is a major uh, brew pub chain there uh, based in uh, like Calgary, Edmonton and, and Saskatchewan and uh, Saskatchewan. And he's always just like, yeah, I don't get to look at any of your beers, your micros, and you don't get to look at any of ours. Um, so there you go. You know, another piece of this is I would love to be able to figure out, like, what can we do to get more Mexican um, you know, craft brew in the United States? Well, that's we've got a buddy that recently moved to Mexico. He was from Atlanta and mm-hmm. he just he used to vacation there a lot. Just loved the place and went down there and a very big beer guy. And he does a Friday, a Friday beer. And so he's mm-hmm. been featuring a lot of these Mexican breweries that he's finding down there and we're getting to see. And so I'm sure he's having a blast. Yeah. Total new beer scene for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued by it because it occurs to me. It, I, I didn't really think about it before now, but I have no idea what the actual Mexican craft beer scene is like at all because sure. I, I don't think we see any of it up here at all. Well, in my in, in the in the uh, article that you're mentioning, I mentioned that um, nearly over 90 percent of what you see is FEMSA or Modella. Over 90 percent. And that's it. And that's that's fine when I've been hit uh, in, in warm tropical environments. And that was what was being poured. And I, pu- I put the fruit in it because Man, well, it's not, basically well, water. So, well, you know, like you said, we we love good craft beer, but I'm not. I was down visiting a friend in Tampa one time. There's a place in Tampa called Shell Island where there's mm-hmm. the shallows where you can park your boat. and Just kind of basically walk in the water there. It's hot. It's sunny. There's salt water in your face. And he had a cooler full of Miller Lite. I happily drank 3,200 of those that day because it was perfect <laughs> in the sun, the salt. And I'm like, these are great. Right With or now. without lime, though, Tim? I put actually a whole banana in oh, each okay. can. Well, that's even the better. way I yeah, like to drink banana. them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was delicious. That, it sounds fantastic. I've... Miller Hefalite. Hefalite. There, there you go. You know, that's one thing, though, talking about the fruit and that I think it's hilarious that the same people that are scoffing at your orange slice and your half are the guys lining up for milkshake IPAs. These, these, this is the Venn diagram and crosses the, over there. And the, the smoothie sours or the, uh, yeah. Yeah, the heavily fruited sure. sours to the point where it really is nothing but a smoothie with but, a little bit of alcohol. But brah, don't be yeah. putting an orange in your half. No, that's just, no. That's just yeah. wrong. That's just, yeah. that's terrible. Now, what is with breweries now doing their Mexican lagers out there? Is there anything that you think is consistently across the board from American craft brewers that they're messing up? No, I think it's where they're taking too tight of a stance on it being exactly like a Corona or an exactly like a, a Vienna. Okay. Um, they're not taking a little bit of license to, 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 to make that line. You can pull that line a little bit. You can use ingredients that are French. You can use ingredients that are Austrian um, and still have a lot of, still have success and make it, make it wonderful. I'm, I'm, my, I'm spacing a little bit, but Sublime was one. Okay. Uh, you got your yeah. sure. they, they crushed that. It was a uh, what's what's the it was was it a uh, Alesmith? I think I believe it was. Yeah. it was Alesmith. Yeah. I mean, they, that was a great example of one where they towed it a little bit away from Vienna and just. Oh, and then there's it. Arches as well. Arches makes a Arches, great. It's yeah. even Arches more does, on the yeah. Vienna side, and it's yeah. a great Mexican lager. And it's right there, and, right here in Georgia. Oh, that's the Mexican Empire, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and yeah. To yeah. speak to your point, someone was ask, asking on uh, Reddit's Atlanta Beer Forum for Mexican you know, Mexican lagers, I think Cinco de Mayo or something, they were trying to celebrate mm-hmm. that. And they're like, well, Arches has Mexican Empire. They're like, well, yeah, but that's not a Mexican lager. That's a Vienna lager. It, and so, but it opened a good discussion about, well, actually. They're all Mexican lagers. I would I would love to see Cinco de Mayo have, you know, four or five different styles of beer feet. Spread it out. Spread cool. it out some instead of your buckets of Corona, right? Uh, Jeff Casey Silver Bluff Brewing Company. 
Brunswick, Georgia, the Golden Isles. Guys, thank you so much. Thank well, that so much. about wraps it up. Absolutely. Well, that does wrap it up, Brian, for this it week's does. episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. We would love for you to come back and join us next week. Brian, 50 states, 50 beers next week with Jason Murphy. We're going to talk about his article that he wrote for Ports Drink, covering some unknown breweries across our country. It's going to be a good time. We hope that uh, you have a good week. Thanks for tuning in. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Cheers. Cheers.